We're so glad to hear, have you here today, and those of you who are visiting with us, we're glad to hear you, have you, we appreciate you joining us. For the last six weeks in our church, we uh, have been on our way to the cross. We, I started a sermon series and uh, with Jesus uh, riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, and a great crowd of people were swept up in that journey, uh, and they all began moving toward the cross. Some of those shouted, Hosanna. Some of those would later uh, be shouting, Crucify Him. Along the way, we saw how a woman with an alabaster vial anointed Jesus uh, with ointment and, uh, for his burial. We also saw how Peter denied him and how Judas betrayed him. We also saw how Herod the king was haunted by sin on the way to the cross. And then we saw how uh, Pilate missed truth on the way to the cross. And last Sunday, we saw how Simon of Cyrene made the decision of a lifetime on the way to the cross. These are just some of the characters who found their way to the cross of Jesus. And I suggest to you that it's not just them that are swept up in this journey, but really all of us from the time that Jesus went to the cross, all of us are swept up to that moment and all of us in one way or another, are on our way to the cross. And the one we want to look at today is Joseph of Arimathea. He is uh, the one who came a little late in the story. He claimed to, came to claim the body of the Lord Jesus after his crucifixion. Uh, but we're also told that he was a secret disciple. So today we look at Joseph of Arimathea, a secret disciple on his way to the cross. Now I want to ask you a question. Today we think about secret disciples, and I know some churches have secret church uh, where they uh, have those moments where it might feel like that you're an, a believer in another country where you could be persecuted because of your faith. Is that the same, being a secret disciple, as being in some country where there's a secret church or an underground church uh, due to the danger of persecution? No. Joseph was not a secret disciple because there was an extreme danger of persecution. While there was and there would be later, basically, he just didn't want to confess his allegiance to Christ openly. Joseph appears in all four Gospels, but we're going to just look at Matthew and John and maybe a couple of verses from the Gospel of Mark. So I want to begin by looking at Matthew chapter 27, verses 57 through 60. The Bible says, when it was evening, there came a man from Arimathea named Joseph, whom himself had become a disciple of Jesus. This man went and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the entrance of the tomb and went away. And then from the Gospel of John, John chapter 19, verse 38. And after these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate granted permission. So he came and took away his body. Now there are several things that the Bible says about him that aren't really pictured in the verses that we read if you read the Gospel of Luke, you'll find out that Joseph of Arimathea was quite a wealthy man. He was a rich man. But I also want to show you 
something you need to understand, and that is the Old Testament mentions Joseph of Arimathea. Did you know that? Did you know he's in the Old Testament? In the Gospel of Isaiah, chapter 53, Isaiah 53 talks about the suffering of Jesus at the cross, suffering for our sins. It talks about the suffering of the Messiah. And it says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 9, that his grave, that is the grave of the Messiah, was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death. So the first thing that I want to establish to you about Joseph of Arimathea is that his decisions and actions were foreknown by God hundreds of years before the secret disciple, Joseph of Arimathea, went to the cross to claim the body of Jesus God knew he would be there. I say that to you because I want to remind you today that God knew that you would be here today and God knows about your decisions and your actions and he knows the kind of disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ you are or you are not. God knew that you would be here today and whether you would be committed, a committed disciple or something less than committed like Joseph was. Number two, Number two, Joseph was a secret disciple who never identified with Jesus while Jesus was alive because he was afraid. It would have been unpopular for him to do that. It would have, been, it would have caused him economic and social hardship. There are some of you uh, who might be afraid to, to stand up for Jesus, but I, I suggest that there are very few of us who are afraid to stand up for Jesus Yet at the same time, there are many who are ashamed to stand up for Jesus. You would rather be tight with your friends than to be tight with Jesus. That is who Joseph was. The Bible says also that he was a prominent member of the council, the council that made the decision to crucify Jesus. Two different times in Mark, we are told that the whole council was involved in, in delivering him over to Pilate. Uh, some suggest, the scriptures suggest that Joseph didn't cast his vote, but perhaps he was like some of our members of Congress who are conveniently absent when times for crucial votes are being cast. But being a member of this prestigious body, Joseph was in a position to make a difference. He was a man who could have made a difference, who could have used his influence for God, but he never did. Uh, so, number three, he was unwilling to risk his position his prestige, and his prominence to identify with Jesus. And so to protect his position, to preserve his place with men, at least for a time, he chose to sacrifice his opportunity to walk with Jesus as an open disciple. He chose to walk in the shadows rather than to walk in the light. Now I want you to look at the Gospel of Mark. I'm going to be reading from the 15th chapter beginning to read in verse 42, just a few verses. It was preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath. Just the same basic story that we read before, but I want you to see it as it appears in the different Gospels. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead, Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. And when he learned from the centurion that it was so, 
he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took the body down, wrapped it in clean linen and put it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Here is Joseph. He was interested in Jesus. He was interested in the things of God. He was waiting for the kingdom of God, but he was waiting according to his own perception, waiting to act without his own obedience, not realizing that down through history, when God has been about to act, he always called men to join him in his activity. But Joseph sat back and waited, waited for a more convenient time without risk and without cost. Now, here's where I want to ask you a question today, and this is number four in the journey of the message. What is your excuse for waiting to show your commitment to Jesus? I guess across the years, I've heard a thousand excuses for not following Jesus, for not teaching a Sunday school class, for not witnessing, for not being involved in missions, for not using your hands and your feet and your heart to express love and commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's Joseph. He had an excuse. Although he was stirred by Jesus, he never touched a soul. He never told a soul. He never blessed Jesus by his own obedience. He never showed or showered his love on him in his life. I wonder how many of you are like Joseph. You believe in Jesus, but you stand in the shadows of your workplace. You cower in a corner at school out of fear. Or most Sundays, you have something better to do than to honor Jesus. What brought Joseph to the cross? Well, he was there to show sympathy to a dead Savior. Is that why you're here on Easter Sunday? Have you come to show your sympathy to a dead Savior to pay your annual respects are those you failed to pay? What is it that keeps you a shattered disciple? Is it fear? Do you fear ridicule? Some of you perhaps have never been publicly obedient to identify with Jesus, even to be obedient to the point of being baptized. You may intend to, you may want to, but right now it's not convenient to you. It's not to your advantage, and so you delay your obedience. Danish Christian philosopher Soren Kierkegaard made this statement. He said, The admirer of Jesus never makes any true sacrifices. He always plays it safe, though in words, phrases, songs, he is, he is inexhaustible about how highly he prizes Christ. He renounces nothing. He gives up nothing. Will not reconstruct his life will not be what he admires, and will not let his life express what he supposedly admires. Does that describe you? It described Joseph. Well, number five, let's consider this act of courage that brought Joseph to the cross because Mark does say we have to give Joseph credit. He gathered up courage and he boldly approached Pilate no one of disciple, the other disciples did that. No one in Jesus' family did that. Joseph did that. Joseph now came and claimed the body of Jesus. And I imagine as Peter wept bitterly after he 
denied the Lord Jesus, that Joseph wept bitterly at that cross, broken hearted, that his hands had never embraced the Lord publicly before his death as he'd done secretly in his heart. Uh, he was late, but better late than never, right? Isn't that right? Better late than never? Wrong. Wrong, because one day it will be too late. It'll be too late for you. But not only so, it'll be too late for that person who you could have influenced, that person that your commitment could have led to Christ and told about Christ, but you never did. That's the tragedy of delayed obedience. I'm sure Joseph wept at the cross because of his own delayed obedience, but he was not alone. Because into this story steps a friend of his, a man named Nicodemus. You know about Nicodemus. Nicodemus shows up early in the Gospel of John, in John chapter 3. It was to Nicodemus that Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But Nicodemus was also a secret disciple. He came to Jesus by night. Nicodemus, the Bible says, brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes weighing about a hundred pounds. And so they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen wrappings with the spices, as was the burial custom of the Jews. And here's number six in the message. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea became the pallbearers of Jesus. My pastor growing up had a saying that he would say about them, disciples, they might have been pallbearers. They were. Give them credit for what they did, but what credit could have been theirs had they openly confessed Christ while he was living? Now, I want to point out to you the tragedy of delayed obedience. I want to show you uh, what they did here and what a paltry act it really was. They brought gifts that were too little, too late to express their love. Joseph bought a linen cloth although that was no significant sacrifice for a rich man. Joseph brought 100 pounds of ointment, but I, I propose to you that Mary's alabaster jar, broken and anointed, that she anointed Jesus with that ointment, smelled better to Jesus in his life than Joseph's 100, Nicodemus' 100 pounds of ointment in his death. These two men split the cost of his funeral between them. And there are a lot of people in the church today who will throw a little money to the church as an expression of their commitment, but it is no honorable gift. It does not express the commitment of their heart. So I want to thank you today for coming on Easter Sunday to honor the Lord. If you hadn't been in a while, I hope he accepts it more then he accepted what happened with these two shadow disciples at his cross. They gave him a funeral, a burial plot, bought him a linen cloth. They became pallbearers of Jesus. You might say I'm being hard on Nicodemus and Joseph. I thought so too until yesterday. I've been reading through Proverbs. The Lord has perfect timing. And I'm in the tw one, one proverb a week. That's what I've been doing for the last... 20-something weeks, I just read a proverb. That's my devotional time. Read a chapter in Proverbs. And in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 5, this is what the writer of Proverbs says. Better is open rebuke than love 
that is concealed. Hear it again. Better is open rebuke than love that is concealed. Perhaps Joseph was in the crowd on the day of Pentecost. We can only hope he was after hearing the good news that Jesus had risen from the dead. Let me read you that passage of scripture from Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 verse 22. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst just as you yourselves know. This man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to the cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in his power. I'm sure Joseph knew the sting of Peter's words. He was guilty by association, guilty of doing nothing. It was a tragedy, but what a tragedy it would have been. But for these two words in Peter's sermon, but God. Ponder how Joseph responded to the news of the resurrection. It opened the door for a new opportunity for him to walk with Jesus and express his love for Jesus. And I'm praying that in this service today, there will be a but God in this service. I was disobedient. I was distant. I was indifferent. My heart was cold. But God, on Easter Sunday, stirred my cold, dead heart and I. I was an unbeliever. I was a skeptic. I was a cynic. I was lost to God and lost to hope. I never intended to follow Christ, but God on Easter Sunday allowed me to have an experience with the risen Savior, and I, what's the rest of your story? God knew Joseph's story hundreds of years before he was born. God knows your story. God knows your story. God knows the decisions you'll make today. God knows the commitment you've expressed across the last years of your life. He knows whether or not you're a true follower of Christ, a false disciple, or a secret disciple. But God is ready for you to openly and publicly identify with the Lord Jesus. For the past weeks, we've been on our way to the cross. But this morning, on Easter Sunday morning, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and openly identify with Jesus. Do you know what Jesus said? He said, if you are ashamed of me before men... I will be shamed, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven and before the holy angels. What if Joseph had remained a secret disciple? What if he had continued to cower in the shadows? Where would Joseph be in eternity? We can't answer that question. All we can do is speculate about Joseph, but it's not about Joseph at all this morning. It's about you. And the last question that we need to answer is this. Will you make your way to the cross? I pray that you will. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this Easter Sunday and all that it means to us. And God, that empty tomb means for anybody here today or anybody listening that there is still an opportunity, an open door for them to identify with you. They can still make a difference by using their hands and feet and hearts and lives to express their commitment to you. 
And Lord, I have no doubt that there are some people you are calling to make such a commitment. So I pray, Lord, that you would give them the courage, as you gave Joseph the courage, to boldly identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. We give this invitation time to you and ask that you speak to people and draw them to come and make that commitment. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we sing?